0: Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do, that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments." he said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Matthew 19:16 through22. Well, welcome and hello hello again everyone. I'm Neil Parks. We're in the letter from James in our study, and we, as we approach the end of this magnificent teaching, James is pretty much laying it on the line, if you will, that if we are calling ourselves Christ followers, there are some identifying behaviors that show who we are in this life we are living. As we left chapter 4, James's emphasis on the poor leads to the harshest language in the entire letter. The tone at the end of chapter 4 has carried over into the rebuke of the rich in these verses. Now, James emphasizes the fact that the judgment of God is coming soon. Verse 1 mentions, mentions miseries that are coming. Verse 3 refers to the last days. and Verse 5 alludes to a day of slaughter. Now this emphasis on God's end time judgment continues in verses 7 and 9. James says to be patient until the Lord's coming verse 7. In verse 8, he says that the Lord's coming is near. Then in verse 9, we learn that the judge stands at the door. Jesus is coming back, and he's going to do at least two things. He is coming to judge the sinful, Now, these first six verses of James chapter 5 are mostly directed towards unbelievers. These people are not called brothers. They are only told to weep and wail, and language is similar to what the prophets would pronounce on a pagan nation. You might wonder why, in a letter addressed to Christians, James would spend time using such harsh language toward unbelievers. Well, the answer is that he is reminding the Christians that the justice of God is coming. So, in chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, it serves as both a direct rebuke to rich non-believers who are oppressing the poor, and a subtle indirect warning to rich believers, Christians, who are ignoring the poor. Now, notice that James is not necessarily condemning wealth here. Instead, he focuses on the sinful use of wealth. There are some believers who were hoarding up their wealth as they prepared to meet their judge. You find that in Matthew six nineteen twenty one. 21. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And finally, in verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Powerful understanding, friends. Look what First Timothy uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Friends, James' hearers would also be judged for cheating workers. It was not uncommon for the workers to struggle severely, being unable to get daily food or drink. We're reminded of the description of Sodom and Gomorrah in Ezekiel 16.49, where the people had pride, plenty of food, and comfortable security, but didn't support the poor and the needy. So the ultimate picture here is that the rich— would be judged for condemning men. This is aimed at unbelievers, but as God's people, God is certainly serious about His people not hoarding wealth, not cheating workers, not living in luxury and self-indulgence, and not holding back from the poor, and, in effect, letting them die so in verse uh, chapter 5 verse 7 through 11 james encourages patience and inspirations to endure to the end verse 7 says dear brothers and sisters be patient as you wait for the lord's return we as believers will always have the tendency to complain in our uncertainty and sufferings James uses the example of farmers and their crops failing because of weather. And then now about Job when he lost his whole family. In verse 11, Job, a man, James says, of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Now the Job story, as James uses it, is quite an understatement, to say the least, about suffering. It took 42 chapters for the purpose of suffering in Job's life to be revealed. And only at the end did he confess, did Job confess, I have heard rumors about you, he says, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, Job Job speaking, I take back my words and repent in dust and ashes. That's in Job 42, 5 and 6. What a great reminder for us. Whatever you were, you are walking through is not the end of the story. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. James 5 and 11 says that. We can't see it. But be patient, hoping in God's purpose. God the Father is the giver of all things, my friends, and is looking for every opportunity to bless us. But many people have difficulty trusting in receiving good things, even when those things come from God. You see, the problem is that we not only have trouble trusting God's work in our lives, but we also don't always respond to God's voice, do we? People often hear the scriptures but don't really listen. People store truths in their brains but never put them to use. For James, the only good religion is religion lived out, every day. My friends, the Lord is returning for His bride, that is, without spot or wrinkle. I say, let's pray. Oh, Father God in heaven, You are coming. And just looking around us in this world of what's going on, Father God, there are signs that it's not going to be too long as peter told us in his epistle a day is like a thousand years compared to eternity if that be true father god which it is it's like two days ago is when you were crucified father god you're coming to judge the judge you are will be standing at the door, Father. I just pray right now as we read your scriptures through, Father God, that we take heed of what you're telling us, to be ready, Father God, to be ready with our ourselves, our ministries, uh, every breath that we take, Father God. We are vessels to be used not for the American dream, or not for retirement. Father God, we just thank you. And I pray right now that we are stewards of what you give us to bring you glory. We thank you and love you, Father God. And I lift up every believer around the world that is listening to this podcast. Lord, Father God, I just lift them up that they would be obedient to their blessings that you've given them. The needy is there. The poor is there. The hungry is there. Father God, we just lift them up and we're to have patience. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, that that you are a God of promise and it won't be long until you appear once again. And we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, folks, it's been good again. And God bless each and every one of you. And I can't wait until next time. I'm Neil Parks.